The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome to the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. Oh, I can't wait for today's podcast. I know. Me and Celtic fans didn't get on over the weekend. I mean, that's that's every weekend, let's be honest. We were fighting over the weekend. I spent most of my life on Twitter arguing with Celtic fans about VAR. How can you be bothered? Like, oh, how mate. can you be bothered? Me, 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 it completes me. <laughs> right. Okay. We'll get into that in just a wee second. But it was it was a great weekend, and I know your team got beat at the weekend. Dunfermline even got beat at the weekend, the first time it's happened this season. So listen, now I know what it feels like to be you and Cameron and have a team that actually loses. Well, so, up until the weekend, you were the only unbeaten team in the United Kingdom, and then Montrose going to beat you 2 0. So you had a real stinker of a weekend. Although Hearts got beat, can I just say that was the greatest greatest match of the season so far it was an outstanding game of football and VAR added to it oh how I loved it despite the defeat I thought the VAR was top tier entertainment correct it was superb so we'll cover that in episode 14 that is today's episode we'll review all the action from the Premiership right the way through to League 2 over the weekend we'll look forward to our Scottish teams in Europe this week as well we'll also check in on if Scottish football were a gym and we'll probably spend far too long discussing VAR's debut weekend in the Scottish football top flight and remember you can find us all on our usual podcast providers and on twitter as well at big football scott and we're on instagram and facebook just search for the big scottish football podcast we have a lot of ground to cover so let's get into it the big scottish football podcast with stephen mill and ewan cameron Right, VAR came into Scottish football this weekend and if you take the madness of VAR and the madness of Scottish football you get, I don't know, a black hole of madness because <laughs> the weekend was absolutely wild. Obviously we'll get to Hearts versus Celtic uh, in just a little second. We've actually got a caller coming on. Yes. Um, and, you know, that'll bring back memories. I used to work at Real Radio, mate. Me, 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 I worked at Real Radio, mate. And all that stuff, right? So For 10 but, years I worked on the Real Radio mate, football phone in. Wait, we did die. With Alan Ruff. Yeah. And um, we were award winning. Uh, we were the number one show in Scotland. Eight. And that was back in the day, such a great time. So to, to have time. a football fan what happened on to the that show. show? I, I walked away and then you it died. Ran it into the ground. Uh, right, let's get to the review then. Friday night, we'll, well start. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait, can, can, I, can I just say, um, Paul is a Celtic fan. Yeah. He's going to be joining us on the show a little later because I argued with Paul for 36 hours on incidents from Hearts versus Celtic and he's been uh, good enough to to agree to come on the show Okay. so I'm looking forward to speaking to Paul I'm looking forward to speaking to Paul sounds like he's a man of sense Paul <laughs> I would say if he's arguing with you uh, let's start on Friday night uh, Hibs uh, what's going on at Hibs? oh I don't know what's going on at Hibs 3-4 defeats in a row there and just they're still third no they're fourth in the league aren't they? I didn't see what jacket Lee Johnson had on on Friday night um, <laughs> I've not actually seen that yet but I can only assume it was a horrendous one because you know what he's like with his jackets and you know they chucked it away Josh McGuinness getting sent off in the last sort of 20 minutes or so and then they just totally collapsed and by the way I would say from a St Johnston point of view great to see Stevie May back playing well and scoring he has been through such a tough time with injury yeah. and I think had it not been for his bad injuries that he's had he probably would have been one of our best strikers I, I, I do think I do think he's a very good player, Stevie May, and I think he's been really unlucky with injury. So I, I, every time I see him score, I'm like, ah, that's good. We watched the game between St Johnston and Celtic 
and he came on as a second half substitute and you could see that he was getting back to some sort of form he was yeah. alert he was quick he was a danger he was a threat he hit the post in that game against Celtic so I'm delighted for Stevie May but I tell you who's held him up front Nicky Clark Nicky Clark absolutely he's yes. been great as well up front alongside Stevie May and what about the great saviour for Hibs eh? where is he he's nowhere to be seen Martin Boyle oh he's coming back he's coming back he's going to save us he's been pushed <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been poor he, he has been poor he's been poor man yeah, he has been right let's move on to the Premiership we'll save Hearts Celtic yeah, for the last bit because then we'll get Paul on but a uh, big win for Kilmarnock against Ross County on Saturday huge that because they were all on nine points Kilmarnock Ross County and Dundee United uh, at the start of the day so um, you know Dundee United and Ross County looking a wee bit marooned because obviously St Mirren winning 2-1 against Dundee United as well um, so I don't know who's going down yeah. I think it's so tight it's so close to call they're all much of a muchness down there I think County are struggling to be honest with you I, do I think. still think they might come good with Malky Mackay are you still think, uh, thinking Livingston who managed to get a draw with 10 men against Rangers at Ibrox on Saturday so that was a shock. I tell you what was an even bigger shock, that Gio's still in a job. Did you see Napoli last night against Roma? Oh, they were excellent. <laughs> they, they were so good. Did you see the goal? Good luck. <laughs> good luck, Rangers. Good luck. Now, the only hope that Rangers have got for this game is that Napoli, who've already qualified for the knockout stages of Champions League, might rest their players because they're obviously chasing a league title. And they hope they put out the under nines. <laughs> that's that's the only chance Rangers have got. I would imagine so. Yeah. But I'm surprised that Gio's still in a job because that was a horrendous performance. And do you know what? I actually feel really sorry for Livingston because the performance was that good. I thought they deserved all three points. They'll be delighted with a point, don't get me wrong. But to be so close to beating Rangers at Ibrox would have been a tremendous result would have been the first time they'd ever beaten Rangers know, at Ibrox as well it would have been fantastic for them and the fans booed when they beat Dundee last week in the League Cup and they've won the game and the fans booed Rangers and they booed them again after the draw against Livingston I thought Gio was gone on Saturday night and he's still there the only reason I can think that they haven't got rid of him is because of the compensation they'll have to pay him or they don't have anyone else lined up. Steven Gerrard's available. Really? Really? Would, would you take him back? I'm not a Rangers fan. No, but I'm just saying, if you were a Rangers fan, would you take Gerrard back? No. You wouldn't? No. Because I think it's becoming ever clearer as the days and weeks go on that Michael Beale was very much the brains of the operation there. And he's top of the table just now with QPR. Yeah. And he brought in six loan signings. He didn't spend any money in the summer and he's got on top of the table in the championship. Yeah. I mean, he's been tremendous, hasn't he? And he knocked back Wolves. That guy is going places if he continues the way he's going. But I think that Rangers... Now, here's are, one. I'll tell you what, Rangers are in an absolute mess, and I'm going to say it and I'm, right now. If Rangers don't go to the Geo, Celtic are going to walk away this league and could win it with 10, 12, 15, 18 points. If they get rid of Geo at some point between now and the start of the World Cup and they come back off the back of the World Cup with a new manager, then they've got a chance of winning the league. They stick with Gio, they don't win the league. But my question is who? Well, that's not for me to decide. And it's well, not for you to decide. You just asked me to decide. <laughs> well, would you bring back Gerard? No. Well, you say no, but I don't know who it is, but I think if they stick with Gio, you ain't winning the league with him. And I think Celtic walk the league. But they've got a chance, once they have that the World Cup break, if they bring in a new manager, to then try and get things right, take them to some warm weather training and then come back and start again, they'll have a chance. They're still within striking distance, but before the World Cup kicks off, 
they could be seven, eight points behind. So it's Napoli the Rangers played during the week, obviously in Europe, and they are probably the form side in Europe and top of Serie A. Then they play Aberdeen on Saturday, and there's obviously no love loss between Rangers and Aberdeen. It's at Ibrox. Um, and Aberdeen are up to third in the table, beating Motherwell 2-1 at the weekend, their first away win since August. Would you back against Aberdeen winning at Ibrox on Saturday? I think they've got a chance. I actually think they've got a chance against something at Ibrox. And they know if they win, they'll only go four points behind them mm-hmm. in the race for second spot. So this weekend, Celtic could be seven clear or six clear because I think Aberdeen could get something in that game. Do you think defeat against Napoli, not winning against Aberdeen, curtains? Mate, it should be gone now. It should be gone now. It doesn't matter what happens on Wednesday because everybody expects Napoli... To wipe no, the floor no, with them. Aye, but if it's another Liverpool 7 1 job. Oh, I mean, he should have gone after the Liverpool result anyway. So, if they don't get rid of him after the Liverpool result, if they don't get rid of him after the 1 1 against Livingston, doesn't really happen. doesn't really matter what happens against Napoli because nobody expects him to get anything at Napoli and everybody expects him to get absolutely hammered in Naples. I think if Aberdeen gets something I brought, then that will be curtains for him, if not before. Okay, we'll come back to Hearts versus Celtic at the end of the review because we're going to get Paul on our caller. Let's spin through the results in the Championship League 1, League 2. Uh, well, not League 2 this weekend because it was the Scottish Cup, but let's start in the Championship. Our both beating Hamilton by a goal to nil. A big win for Dick Campbell. And Hamilton are mega, mega struggling. They beat Inverness a couple of weeks ago, but our both, that was a must win for them and they have won. It looks like they're struggling for goals this season, although it was Bobby Lynn that managed to get the winner there. Area United 2, Cove Rangers 2, Dundee nil. Morton nil as well so done the league that nobody wants to win because Inverness drew against Wraith Rovers on Saturday Bobby Partick Thistle getting absolutely pumped in the wee Glasgow derby between them and Queen's Park 4-0 at Fur Hill in League 1 at the weekend wins for Queen of the South against Clyde Kelty Hearts have done the double against Falkirk as well Falkirk 2 Kelty Hearts 3 at the Falkirk Stadium having beaten them already in New Central Park earlier hey, on hold this on season. a second you can take that smile off your face yeah. Because Montrose ended your unbeaten run. Yes. The only team in the United Kingdom up until Saturday were the only unbeaten team Ewan, in the UK. And then Montrose going to beat you 2 0. How embarrassing. Ewan, don't be sad because it's over. Smile because it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> Because if somebody told me at the start of the season we'd go 12 matches unbeaten, I would have taken that. Mate, you were crying on Saturday. I was with you on Saturday afternoon on the big Saturday football show and you were crying. Every time a goal came in from Montrose, Did I I not say it was going to be a tough match on Saturday? I did say say. that before kickoff. You did say it would be a draw. Yeah, I did think it would be a draw. And you think you'd maintain your unbeaten record, but you haven't. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I know. All good things come to Are you to just end. happy that happened? Exactly, Aye. yeah. Aye. And you're still top of the league. Still top of the league. FC Edinburgh have beaten Airdrie by three goals to one. Airdrie, who are dropping like a stone, by the way. And Aloha beating Peterhead by two goals to now. So Aloha on a decent wee run as well. Now, let's uh, pick out a couple of matches in the Scottish Cup as well. Uh, we had Auchinleck beating Bonness, the battle of the old junior giants. Uh, so it went to penalties. It was 1-1 after extra time. And Talbot won 5-3 on penalties. So another big Scottish Cup name through the next round uh, elsewhere we had some defeats for league teams including Bonnie Rig Rose who got beat 3-2 by Socky uh, we also had Stranraer going out to Fraserburgh as well and I think the draw for the Scottish Cups today so we get some more of the sort of bigger teams in this round I think so I'm not sure if it's just League 1 maybe the Championship not entirely sure 
I think it's, it's not bottom six of the Premiership as well. Is it really? I might be. I might have just made that up. You I might just made that up, right? Okay, You're the producer, and you don't know. <laughs> you know nothing, my friend. Go- Google it, and we'll come back to it. But <laughs> um, big wins for Darville as well. Seven-one against Albite. Uh, Stirling Albion uh, getting taken all the way by Highland League Breakin City as well. So two-two after extra time, and Stirling Albion winning on penalties as well. So lots of other results, but we don't have time to go through them. And it's always good to see some of the we are teams getting through and getting decent draws in the Scottish Cup. Last year in the fourth round, all the Premiership teams were in. Oh, apart from no, no, all of them, yeah, all twelve. Oh, that's interesting. And it's the fourth round today. It was the third round just there, so that's no, how... it was the second round. So in the third round, <laughs> it's just Championship. It's just Championship, right? right okay. okay, but there's still some big teams in there. So yeah, listen, uh, we'll you're see done decent so. parting thistles of the world. If I? your team managed to get through the weekend, then congratulations to you. Hope you got a decent draw. Right, let's move on to Hearts versus Celtic. It was the big talking point of Scottish football at the weekend. Obviously, VR did come in on Friday night. Hibs versus St Johnston there was a couple of incidents but nothing too dramatic then they saved all the drama for Saturday lunchtime and what was the game of the season both teams by the way credit to both teams going absolutely at it for the full 90 minutes it was like a basketball match it was great best game of the season I would go as far to say it was not only the best game of the season in Scotland but in all of the United Kingdom it's, it was an outstanding game of football. I mean, yeah. both clubs went for it. And thank God that Hearts turned up because unfortunately this season, up until Saturday, Hearts haven't turned up for any of the big games, whether it be in Europe or whether it be against Rangers. I did fear for Hearts when Celtic came to town. When, when, when the lineups oh, were I announced, said to you. You, I said, said, you said, oh, what, what's he doing? What's Robbie Nielsen doing? I, Turns out uh, knowing a lot more than you. Yeah, he, and you know what? <laughs> a fair play Hearts, they got stuck in and they had a go and it was an excellent game of football. And as much as I was annoyed at the result, I was delighted to see Hearts step up to the plate and give as good as they got. And it could have gone either way. It was one of those games. See that fourth goal that Celtic scored though? That is such a brilliant move. And where's Taylor coming from? Maybe four yards out to poke that home. See, by the way, that boy, Greg Taylor, he's been a phenomena for Celtic. I would go as far as he's probably Celtic's best player this year. I think a lot of Celtic fans would agree with you on that one as well. I think he fits the system really well. And uh, it's just as well we don't have any decent left backs for Scotland because uh, (laughs) he would have been, he must be like, oh, for God's sake. I know. What a chance have I got? Uh, Right, let's move on then and let's get our collar on. So Ewan Cameron's thumbs are red raw. He's been arguing furiously with Celtic fans on Twitter all all weekend. He hasn't even fed himself, Ewan Cameron. (laughs) children or his dog for two days now so to give him some closure we offered you the chance to get a Celtic fan on you've already managed to get Paul on the line so that's great now we need to find the theme music so we thought it was only right we also got your old co-host Alan Ruff (laughs) to join us as well because listen to this Ewan this is the real football phone with Ewan Cameron and Alan Ruff call now on 0845 100 2101 (laughs) <laughs> it brings back memories. Ruffy, how you doing? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's got bigger and better things to fry. Let's move to Paul from East Kilbride. So you're on the line. So, first of all, Ewan, how did this whole thing come about? So on Saturday afternoon, lunchtime kickoff, Hearts 3, Celtic 4. It was an epic game of football. VAR was involved, and there were many debates around VAR and around the game itself. For me, it was top-notch entertainment. Despite the defeat, 
I thought it was the best game of the season. I enjoyed every second of it. It was pulsating. It was end-to-end. Chances galore. The referee got involved. VAR got involved. Contentious decisions. What was right? What was wrong? And then I went on to social media at the end of the game and I just put forward my opinion. Mm -hmm. And loads of Celtic fans clearly disagreed with some of my opinions. And one of those fans was a guy called Paul, who I debated with from 2.30 until 11.30 last night. (laughs) Right, okay. And now he's joined us on the podcast. So good morning, Paul. Thanks for for coming on. Uh, So what was your main gripe with you and Cameron's points? Where do we start with you? Not just his points, his his opinions. Um, (laughs) No, I think we need to be real here that Barr is... Nobody wants to see Barr in, but a bit like your house insurance, you hope you never have to use it, but when you do need to use it, you want it to be right. And Scottish refs just aren't ready to use it is probably the big issue here. Um, And we hear a lot about, you know, how it's just in and there's teething problems, but for three years we've heard that they're training and they've had hundreds of practice games and if they still can't get decisions right when it counts, um, or forget that they've got bar, which I think Nick Walsh did for one of the incidents, it's it's not really good. So we need to we need to call it out and just it's not conspiracy theories, it's none of this stuff. But at the end of the day, we need to, we need to get the decisions right, and it's important to not double down on wrong opinions. Would you agree, though, Paul, that VR did get some things right on Saturday? Absolutely. I thought the first Hearts penalty for a start, I thought I can't believe they didn't give it in real time. Um, as soon as the incident happened, I thought that that's a penalty. You could tell the direction of the ball that it was clearly the Hearts player that won it. No problem with VAR getting involved there and giving the decision. However, the fact it took, I think it was nearly two and a half minutes to get that decision. Where, where does the cut-off start and end here? That if the term is clear and obvious error, if you can't be seen it within 30 seconds, 40 seconds on three or four replays, can we really say it's a clear and obvious error? We, we can't be sitting around. We'll be playing six or so, games like NFL in the end if we, if we let VAR <laughs> Paul, Paul, I think the issue here is, particularly with Rangers and Celtic fans, you've been getting it easy for far too long. You've been getting too many decisions for far too long. And now that we've got VAR, teams like Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, St Johnston, etc, 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 are now going to get the decisions that they weren't getting before. And that's why you have an issue with it. Let's be honest about it because, see, on Saturday, if we don't have VAR, Cammy Devlin doesn't get that penalty. That's why VAR is good. And that's why you, that's why you, Paul, Paul, that's why you don't want it because now it's an even playing field. I don't want it because it turns the, the whole concept of an enjoyable football game and to stay in a screen for three minutes every 10 minutes when there's an incident. No, you can't really say you enjoy that. What, the one that gets me is the, the first goal or the second goal sorry that Celtic had in the net that was, that was chopped off why were they even using VAR Nick Walsh blew his whistle before it went in the net wrongly he, you know he was whistle happy the only credit I can give him or justification is that he simply forgot there was VAR because as, as that ball's hitting Ralston's head he's blew his whistle now there's less than a second half a second between that and the ball going in the net Paul this is this is, this is one of the uh, debates that we had on Twitter for nearly 36 hours right where you and I <laughs> fell out over right we argued for a day and a half about that incident leading to Ralston's goal remember the old adage play to the whistle for, for as long as I've played football and watched football the old adage is play to the whistle 
The whistle blew when the ball was in midair. And how many times over the years have we watched a referee blow the whistle for seeing something in the box, a corner kick or a free kick, and no matter what happens after the whistle blows is irrelevant because the whistle has blown. It doesn't matter that Ralston scores that diving header. The whistle has blown. The referee thinks there's a foul. He has to referee the game. At the end of the day, the referee is there to referee the game. He blew his whistle. Now, the debate is, was it a foul or not? Some will argue that it was, that Yakimakis impeded the Hearts defender. Some will argue that there was nothing in it. But at the end of the day, there's no conspiracy around that. There's nothing that VAR could have done to intervene. It was just that the referee blew the whistle. That's what that's 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 the point I made at the first time. I can only assume that you and you say as long as you've been watching and and going to football and things that VAR hasn't been involved for that length of time. VAR is brand new, so we need to realise and adapt. The way referees officiate the game is different. If there is a clear attacking phase happening, whether the ref thinks there's a clear foul or not, the ball should be as I say, there was less than half a second. The whistle was still sounding as it crossed the net. If you watch the clip back, you'll hear that. It wasn't as if there was 30 seconds between an incident. And so, uh, see, if, see if that goal had been given. See if Nick Walsh doesn't blow his whistle. Do you think VAR would have overruled it? Yes. And said it was a foul? No. It would have been a goal. Right, so that's what I'm saying. No, but but but, but Paul, see, Paul, I'm being I'm being honest with you there, right? I don't think there's anything in the Jackamacus incident with the Hearts defender personally some referees though would suggest that there was a foul there in the lead up to the goal it just depends on who is uh, controlling VAR whether or not they believe there was a foul there or not but had Nick Walsh not actually blown his whistle and Ralston scores and VAR looks at it there's a good chance that the goal stands yeah as I say the only thing I can think is and I'm giving Nick Walsh not credit but I I think he is generally just forgot. If he thinks there's a foul, he has to blow the whistle. You can't just let play go. You have to blow your whistle if you think there's well, a foul. Well, no, is it is another case that no. they're supposed to let the play oh, run out? Sh- really? No, but really? The, that, that's, that's, no, what, that's what happens. The referee still has to blow... The referee still has to referee the game. That's what happens in the Champions no, League. No, it doesn't. You know, uh, Paul, it, you're, have you had... Do you, you hold the same opinion in the Champions League or do you think that VAR is just administered at a far higher standard? Probably a bit of both. Celtic have had it in the Champions League this season, but Celtic and Rangers have had it in the Europa League group stages for the last, I think, two years and the knockout stages and the year before that as well. This is nothing new to Celtic and Rangers and can't actually remember any incident and I have again I thought, geez, here we go again, VAR. But do you know why it's not been a big deal for you in those Europe, European games? It's because it worked in your favour. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, but, but, well, you, but it's true. Because you're getting the decisions, you've got no, 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 you've not got an issue with it. The problem that Celtic fans have had over the weekend, despite winning... A lot of you have been moaning and groaning about certain decisions in that game at Tynecast. Now, let's go to Michael Smith and the handball on the stroke of halftime as Hearts have just scored. I think this is the one that's the this is the key. And, and somehow, bizarrely, there were seven goals, there was two penalties, there was goals topped off, and the, the incident they seemed to review the quickest was this one because there was less than 20 seconds between the play stopping and then the throw-in going in. You, again... It might be subjective, but that's how you how you can say that's not a handball to me, especially with the modern handball law. Is 
Well, hold on, Paul. One minute you're moaning that they're taking too long and then they're taking too quick to make certain decisions. But here's my point when it comes to Michael Smith, right, and the handball. There is a different interpretation for that depending on the referee. Now, the same issue they're having in the Premiership, at what point is a handball a penalty? The point that the player has his arm by his side when James Forrest goes to flick the ball and then when the ball connects with his arm, he's leaning into it with his left arm outstretched. Yeah. And he's under uh, his arm tucked behind his back. That that the player's reaction is always a giveaway. Yeah. Do you I, think do you think it's a penalty, Stephen? I, I I think it was a penalty. Oh, you're at it. No, I I you're do I, it. I do think it was a penalty. Oh, shut up. But oh, I, hold on a minute. See when you watch in slow motion, everything looks like a foul in slow motion. See when you watch yeah. that in real time, James Forrest has actually literally kicked it at his arm. Yeah, um, but it, it's still it's hit his right, arm. So it's that, a penalty for okay, me. Okay, let me ask you both then the question. Paul, you're a Celtic fan. You're a neutral in this debate, Stephen. Yeah. Is every handball in the penalty area a penalty? No, right. I'll, give, I'll give you. I'll give you a, a stonewall example because there was a VAR decision in the Motherwell Aberdeen match where it looks like one of the Aberdeen players handles the ball, but there was nothing he could have done about it. There was literally nothing. But there's he could nothing have. that Michael Smith could have done. It was fired at him from three yards. He stops the ball going. It, it wasn't. Right, hold on, hold on, Paul. Right. And, and, and by the way, by the way, I don't think that's a problem. It's not a Nick Walsh problem. It's not a Scottish refereeing problem because it happens down south as well. I just think there's a there's such a great area. But you over think handballs. it's a penalty? I th- I right. think. Go, that, go and you explain to me why you think that's a penalty. See before you give you the, your reasons for the penalty. Yeah. So. Look at Michael Smith and his body, right? His, he, he is showing, he is showing James Forrest down the line. Yeah. Right? But Forrest, obviously, nobody sees it coming. He then decides to fire the ball in. Yeah. Scoop the ball up and fire in from two, three yards from Michael Smith. He's turning to his side and leaning to his side. His arm can only be in that position where it's out a little bit for a balanced point of view. He cannot have his hands behind his back or by his side when he's leaning because he's showing James Forrest down the line. And then the ball strikes his arm from two yards away. That is never a penalty in a million years. I'm sorry, Stephen, and I'm sorry, Paul. You've got that wrong. And I'll tell you another thing. Loads of Celtic fans out there saying it's a conspiracy, that they're out to get us, there's a problem, they didn't want to give us a penalty. That's a load of BS, and you know that. That could have gone either way. I agree with that. But at what point do you draw the line when it comes to penalties? I thought it was a penalty. Oh, shut up. <laughs> because it hit his hand. It, it wasn't. And I, I thought Michael Smith's hand was was outstretched. But and, he was balanced. I, but it was, his, his hand was still outstretched. Oh, okay. Anyway, let me finish. I think it was a penalty. But the fact that you and I can't agree on this and the fact that nobody can agree on this probably is the reason why it wasn't given as a penalty. Right, so when is it a penalty? Well, I mean, so like, when is a handball in the box a penalty? If somebody catches it in the right. Okay, that's a penalty. Okay, right. If somebody good. stops it with their hand, that's right, a penalty. Right. Do you want me to run through all the examples? Okay, no, but if you if you're a defender, I'm going to ask you, Paul. Then, if you're a defender in the box, and you're jockeying the striker or the winger, and he fires the ball at your arm, is that a penalty? If the arm is outstretched from the body, yep. you look. Champions League will be on their feet. You and I. Watch any game, you'll see Virgil van Dijk is the best for it in modern football. He will defend the exact same way Michael Smith did with his arm behind his back. Yeah. 
No, I, why, why don't you two get a room? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you should hear you two. I mean, you're both talking a load of nonsense. I think you clearly, right. neither of you have played football. If, if that had been the other end of the oh, pitch, shut up. you would have been wanting a penalty for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course you would have. Right, and I think that's the long and short of it. So, listen, we're never going to agree about that. And I can't believe, uh, Paul, you've just compared Michael Smith to Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> I think that's the first time that that is ever happened anywhere on the face of this earth will have his arms behind his back and no give away a pen away <laughs> that is true that and neither did Michael Smith because we've got Nick Walsh in our back pocket <laughs> <laughs> right uh, Paul listen thanks so much for coming on uh, that's been a great Not chat good. and it sounds like to be fair at least you've, you've had the, you've had the guts to come on here Paul Aye. which is uh, I'm guessing there's not your 40 coming on a podcast or a radio show so fair play to you and it sounds like you you's are pretty much Pretty much. Apart from Michael Smith. Apart from the Michael Smith thing. Yeah. You're, you're not a million miles apart. Paul, I need to buy you a drink one day. It's been lovely talking to you, my man. Okay. All the best. Cheers, right. Paul. This is the real football phone in with you and Cameron and Alan Ruff. Call now on 0845 100 2101. Real radio. How <laughs> is that real radio, mate? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, right, let's move on. He was a nice guy, that Paul. He wasn't. He ended up, sorry. See, when there's a big story involving Celtic, I think we should get him on more often. Is he going to be the Celtic correspondent? I think he could be. What yeah. do you think, Producer Callum? Well, you've got the. You, you're the Rangers correspondent, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> too easy, too easy, mate, too easy. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Right, OK, we asked you in the last episode which footballers, managers, referees, pundits would feature if Scottish football were a gym. And as ever, you got in touch in your draw. So here are some of the best and the worst from at Big Football Scott on Twitter. That's what you get in touch for next week. So we'll set that up in just a wee second. And Ewan Cameron, we have no guest this week, so you can pick the winner for this one. Okay, so if Scottish football were a gym, are you ready, you and Cameron? Go on. Danny Armstrong. Oh, yes, Armstrong, yes. Uh, Josip Joronovic. <laughs> That's from Paddy H, 18, 1888. Don't know who Paddy supports. <laughs> uh, Hugh Hevens. Uh, Andy Hallelegde. That's from Scotty. Andy Halliday. Not having any of them. No. Nah. Nah. Uh, Cammy Barbell. <laughs> Best one so far. Tony Squat. Tony Squat. Tony. What? Tony Squat. What? Tony oh, By the way, see when it comes to squats, mm. they're really tough to do. They, they, re, they burn your legs. I wouldn't know. I'm not, I'm not a gym person. I'm, I'm not. I'm not at that stage in my life where squats are just no happening. That's from Barry McCourt, by the way. Uh, Plank de Boer. Plank de Boer. Plank de Boer. Frank de Boer. What's a plank? A plank. You sort of sit for like thirty seconds. I go and do it. Yeah. Producer Callum's going to show us. Oh, he's been he's been promoted to producer, has he? Oh, sorry, intern Callum. Yeah. Oh, is that a plank? Oh, you're on your elbows. Yeah. Oh, can I try that? Hold no, on. no, 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 no. We need to run through these. We don't no, have time. Well, well, no, no. What we'll do is oh, I need to try the plank. Right. Okay. Yeah, but get right. your feet outstretched. You need... Oh no, no, that's no, too yeah. hard. Elbows in. Elbows, elbows in. in. Yeah, there you go. Just hold. Oh it. no, it's too hard. You just hold it. <laughs> and. Just imagine. See if you put your phone on mirror. That's what your wife sees. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Plank de Boer, uh, Jamie Burpee, uh, John Lungstrom, uh, that's from Blair Mulgrew, uh, Stephen Legg Presley nah, from George Burns. These are all quite bad. Alex de Michalachenko. Nah. Muscle Latipi. 
from Kenny Burgess. That's not bad. Uh, Liam Scales, because obviously you would weigh yourself. That's from Ricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Cardio. Joe Cardio? Yeah, Cardo. Joe Cardo. I've done Lawrence Plankland. <laughs> I quite like that, to be fair. That's from Dave the Rave. Uh, Squat Arfield, Lyndon Bikes, John Flex. Uh, Ollie McFeel the Burnie. <laughs> I like that one. That's from GSRFC. Uh, Jim Layton, of course, from the 112. Uh, Pella Tony Watt from Goliath Frog. Uh, we've got Cardio Cardozo. John Gixwetti. Gidetti. No, 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 that's from Larky. Uh, Walter Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I do like that one. That's from Juan Cornetto. Uh, Bongani Zumba from Graham McLean. Uh, Quad Wallace. Rod Wallace, Nicky Breslin, hello to you. Uh, Kevin Van Vending Machine <laughs> from Stephen Hill. Great name, almost the same. Uh, Marvin Fartlek. Marvin Fartlek or Bartley? Nah, nah, I'm not having that. Uh, that's from Andy Grierson. Uh, Alex Yaka Vitamin Supplements from Yogi Blair. That's good. No, not having that. Uh, right, thanks for your shouts. What are we going for there? What's I like from GSRFC. Ollie McFeel the Burnley. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the best that's one. The well best done, one. well done. That's the best one from this week. Congratulations to GSRFC. Again, thank you for all your shows. So for episode 15, which is out next week, we need your best efforts for if Scottish football were a night out. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you could have Ravy Weir. You could have Spew Dallas. You could have Andy Andy Lynch becomes Andy Winch. Hmm. Uh, back Ali McCoist <laughs> uh, Graham Flirty <laughs> and uh, Condon Thomas so there we are pub, pub crawl Dixon you could have as well so anyway you can do better than that get your suggestions in on at Big Football Scott on Twitter you can also search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and you can get in touch there so I've never been in a back alley what do you mean like to winch to some, I've never, I've never, nobody's ever said, oh, let's go to the back alley for a wee winch. I've never had that in my life before. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's I've winched in the back of a taxi, I've winched at the back of the bus, I've winched in school. And the bus driver hated that. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you concentrate? Yeah, exactly. I've winched in a school behind the music class. Please tell me you were at school at the time. I was at school at the time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with a girl called Polly Malone. Who won't right. mind me naming her because uh, we're still friends today. I mm-hmm. uh, hope my wife doesn't listen. Was she your first love, Polly? She was. Was she? And then she knocked me back. And she dumped, she dumped me on the final day of Primary 7 from a best pal, Stuart McQueen. Oh my God, Stuart. I was devastated. I'd bought her a box of roses and everything for the final day of school. Do you still talk to Stuart? Uh, not really, no. no. No, don't talk to Stuart. No. Okay, and I can understand why. Could you just keep listing places that you've winched? Go on. Yeah, keep going. Where I've winched, okay. Um, so I've done the back of a bus, I've done the back of a taxi, I've done the back of my pal's car, I've done it on a waltzer. Right. You ever done on a waltzer? No. That's the, I've done it on a big wheel. Right, aye, you're just going round fairs around the tracks. <laughs> I've done it on the coconut shine, the caterpillar, the dog jumps. Also on a plane, I've plane. done it on a plane, I've watched oh, on a plane. What about Mile High Club? No, 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 I've never no. done the Mile High Club, no, no, right, no, no, okay, nothing right. like that. Okay. Um, but I have winched on a plane, that was um, that was nice. I was, I was wearing a bandana at the time when I got winched on a plane. Why? Like, you're in the crypts. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I went through a which, st- uh, which I appreciate is a fairly niche reference yeah. of uh, East Coast uh, gang culture yeah. but, you know. but I was um, at the time I was really into that look so I had a white vest top on with a bandana on like Tupac uh, uh-huh. <laughs> with, with jeans and chains hanging and also big Timberland boots so I was really into that and I winched somebody on a plane well, I mean, it, was, it was a Garuda airplane What's that? Garuda Airlines. I think that's Indonesia. Right, okay. Is, that, is Garuda Indonesia? Why I've never heard of it in my puff. Garuda, it was a cheap, it was a cheap airline. Right, okay. And um, I was flying on my own and the girl next to me was around the same age as me and we got talking with a couple of, we had a couple of vodkas and uh, we were having a great time. The bandana, the, the bandana clearly worked mm-hmm. because three, four hours into the flight, and um, we were sucking each other's face. Lovely. I'm glad you said face. <laughs> glad you said face. People might be eating when they're listening to this. So I'm, 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 but we're talking about when we were younger. You know, I mean, the things you do when you're stupid and you're daft and you don't really care what people think and what people are doing around you. You, you didn't care about these things at the time. If there's one thing I would I say I winched in a you. toilet in, in a nightclub. I was in cubicles and nightclubs winching girls. You know what I mean? We all did it. I mean, don't pretend that you didn't because I, you did. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying that that isn't the case. But what I'm saying is you saying that when, well, you know, I didn't really care about what people thought of me. I've never met a person who cares less about what other people think of you. So let's move on. Why do you know we talk no. about what you winched? No. <laughs> Nobody's interested. I'd like to know. Right, so let's move on to Ewan's Eurovision. We've got three teams in Europe this season and they've all been honking. So on Tuesday, tomorrow night, Celtic face Shakhtar at Celtic Park and an 8pm kickoff. Celtic have to win if they've got any chance of getting into the Europa League. Obviously, they can't get through the last 16. Now, will Celtic beat Shakhtar and give themselves a shout going into that final game against Real Madrid? They will pump Shakhtar Donetsk tomorrow. Now, I've been pretty good with my European predictions throughout this campaign and I think after Celtic's performance away at Shakhtar where they should have won 3-4-1 on the night I think at Parkhead they will win comfortably the problem that they've got they will then need a point against Real Madrid in Madrid which is unlikely to happen but it'll be good for them going forward from a learning Point of view. Point of view in regards to gaining experience. If they go in tomorrow night and they win comfortably, they'll look upon it as a missed opportunity, Mm -hmm. but they'll have learned a lot. And hopefully if they're in the Champions League next year, which they're likely to be because they're going to win the league, then um, they could be better for it. So yes, Celtic to win tomorrow. It's 8pm for Thursday on Wednesday as well. By the way, just a wee heads up. If you're a listener to Clyde One Super Scoreboard, extended shows Tuesday and Wednesday through to 11 o'clock. If you're oh, they're interested. staying on late, are they, for the two games? Staying on late. They have been doing all the time and they're doing so this week as well. So 8pm for Rangers on Wednesday. They're facing Napoli and Naples. <sighs> I kind of hinted at it earlier unless it's the under nines that Napoli put out Rangers are going to get battered Rangers fans already fear the worst I mean we touched on it Napoli last night against Roma they were outstanding I mean I know it was only a 1-0 win but they were by far the better team Just quickly what did you say for an actual prediction for the Celtic match just so we've got it Oh 3-1 3-1 and what are you going for the Rangers-Napoli match 5-0 5-0 to Rangers <laughs> no, if it's the under nines Rangers if it's the, even their second team 
and they make a load of changes still 4-5-0 to Napoli and on Thursday Hearts are playing the Latvian pub side RFS at Tynecastle 8pm kickoff. so um, what are you thinking about that the Nags head Riga branch is <laughs> coming to Edinburgh if, if the Hearts team that turned up against Celtic turn up on Thursday night 2-0 win for Hearts 2-0 win for Hearts and I mean Hearts can't get you through they're out aren't they no we can still get through of course we can All we've, right. we've, we've got um, what have we got three points we've got three points yeah so we, what we need here is a win yeah and then if we can get something in um, Turkey we should be through the knockout stages okay okay right okay well good luck with that any other business anything else that's on your mind in regards to anything football? well I'd like to know um, where you've winched before oh, I've winched on a farm Hi, I mean, lots of places. I winched in a stable with a horse next to me. I would tell you, but... Uh, what was all... her name? <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you about it, but it was all hap- it happened up at my grand's place and you wouldn't know them, so, you know... You up wouldn't... at your grand's place? Yeah, exactly. In your grand's house? Uh, no, not my grand's house. Did you never winch anybody in your grand's house? No, never. I remember I went to school with a guy, and this is a terrible story, so um, she lived somewhere in Dunfermline, she was elderly, she needed care... And she went into respite, okay? And the guy in my class decided to use this as an opportunity to have a party at his grand's house. While she was in respite? While she was in respite, yeah. Which is a terrible, terrible thing to do. Did you go? Absolutely. Because we were in sixth year at the time. If you tell me you winch somebody on granny's bed, I'll be disgusted in you. Let's move on, and that has been it for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Thank you to our Celtic fan, Paul from East Kilbride, for joining us earlier on. Thank you to you, wow. Ewan Cameron, and thanks to you wow. all for listening as well. Wow. Don't, don't forget to subscribe oh. to the show on whichever podcast provider you use so you don't miss a podcast. And keep rating us as well. We've got good ratings so far. Keep an eye on our socials for if Scottish football were a night out. Wow. And we'll be back on Monday with another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Bye-bye for now. Nothing to see you. Cheerio, bye.